earlier on, I was talking about this, that Facebook has announced that anyone who uh, wants to, who works for them, can work from home permanently. Moving forward, that's what they're going to do. And there's been a lot of conversations that I'm sure you've had with people you know who are working from home. Um, and we've had on the air about, is this going to catch on working from home? How much will businesses favor looking at saving some money in office space by allowing some of us to permanently stay um, with the home office in full swing? What is the catch with Facebook? Because it's an interesting one. The catch is your salary will be reevaluated based on where you live. Now, it is basically Facebook is based out of I believe it is San Francisco, and it's very expensive to live there. They say if you qualify for remote work and you decide you're going to move to a cheaper area, you'll have to tell Facebook, and your pay will be adjusted accordingly. Zuckerberg actually said, well, just adjust your your salary based on your location at that point. And he said it would be necessary for taxes and accounting, and there will be severe ramifications. For people who are not honest about this, he said, he added that the system will work on the honor code, but will put in some basic precautions to make sure that the honor system is being honest. That doesn't even make sense. The methods of enforcement were not detailed, tight-lipped on that. But here to talk about it, Alex uh, Lucifero, who's an employment lawyer with Sam Fira Tamarkin, joins the show. Welcome to the program, Alex. Good to have you on. Good morning, Kelly. This seems like such a bizarre um, situation that Facebook have uh, decided to pitch to their staff. You want to stay working from home permanently, you're good to go. We'll give you the thumbs up on that. But if you move to a cheaper area, we'll dock your pay. Is that even legal? Well, I think the the first point that has to be made is that, you know, the the employment laws in the United States and in many of the states in in the U.S. are very, very different to the laws that we have here in Canada. So in the U.S., uh, most states have what we call at-will employment, meaning an employer can make any kind of change to your terms of employment. So, you know, a pay cut, for example, uh, as we're seeing here, without any kind of notice, without any kind of repercussion, they can even let employees go without notice or without severance. Again, that's what we call at-will employment. So they may very well be allowed, Facebook may very well be allowed for its U.S. employees to make those kinds of changes indiscriminately. Uh, They can, excuse me, change pay, you know, as much as they want, depending on location, depending on anything, really. In Canada, it's going to be very, very different. Our employment laws here are much, much stronger And really, an employer can only enforce a significant pay cut in a situation where either the employee accepts it, which an employee doesn't have to accept it, they can refuse the pay cut, or if they provide ample notice uh, of the pay cut. And the notice is going to be significant. It's likely going to be several months, if not uh, not a couple of years. So that's the long and and the short of it. a pay cut can ultimately result in what we call a constructive dismissal in Canada, meaning as an employee, you don't have to accept that pay cut. You can reject it, leave your employer, and obtain a severance package instead. Right. And if you do accept it and then later you, uh, let's say, uh, you decide that you can't live on that or you switch jobs or or they let you go, you're not going to get the same severance because you haven't been working there as long, right? Exactly. Because you've changed and that is your, one of your the- terms. 
one of the huge, huge risks that comes with accepting a pay cut, which is that, well, there, there are effectively two risks. Number one, yes, if you accept a pay cut and you're then subsequently let go, well, guess what? Your severance is now going to be based on this new reduced pay. And so you can literally accept a pay cut on Monday, get let go on Friday, and your uh. severance is going to be calculated on that reduced pay. We actually saw that with HBC, with Hudson's Bay Company, a couple of weeks ago, and they since rectified uh, that problem. Uh, the other big problem with accepting a pay cut is that once you accept that kind of significant change to the terms of your employment, it kind of opens the door up for the employer to do it again. And so if you accept a pay cut this time, and come next year, the company then introduces, let's say, another pay cut, it becomes much, much more difficult for you as an employee to reject that second cut because the employer will be able to say, well, you accepted it last year. You know, this year it's, it's, let's say, even less of a percentage of your income. Why wouldn't you accept it the second time around? So you're opening up Pandora's box in that respect. And so for employees who are facing pay cuts, again, this is in the Canadian and specifically in Ontario, you don't have to accept a pay cut. Um, you, can, you can hold your ground and say, no, I'm not comfortable accepting this kind of pay cut. You either keep me on my current pay or you're going to have to let me go and pay me my full severance entitlements. And severance entitlements are going to be significant, Kelly, in, in situations like that. During this pandemic, have you noticed, uh, you know, you're an employment lawyer, businesses uh, taking advantage of the pandemic so that they can cut some salaries that were getting a little bit higher? Because before the pandemic, we heard about uh, it being a bit of a heyday for people in the tech sector. You know, people were trying to woo these young people with very high salaries because it was very competitive. You wanted the best and the brightest. And now... Are you hearing that employers are using the pandemic as an excuse to, to lower people's salaries? You know, it, it's tough. I'll, I'll probably stop short uh, of saying that employers are, you know, let's say, taking advantage uh, of the situation. I think that might be even, you know, a touch too cynical, even even for for a lawyer. But I do see, listen, the the, the reality of of uh, you know business and economics hasn't changed. Employers are looking out for the bottom line. They're looking out for the company's coffers, and they're doing what they can to make sure that their business isn't suffering, or at the very least, that it's suffering as little as possible. So that is involving temporary layoffs, which are which can also be, you know, a constructive dismissal as well if it's not a term of your employment. They are introducing pay cuts. And so, you know, is it cynical? Are they taking advantage? Mm-hmm. I would say probably not, but they are looking out for themselves uh, as businesses, as employers. And employees should be doing the same thing for, for, uh, for that matter. They should be looking out for their own bottom lines, their own, their own self-interest, especially at a time like this. Sure. I don't want to paint. I mean, I think that's a relief to hear that. I don't want to paint employers out as the bad guys because we have heard just incredible stories and, you know, from uh, our listeners that uh, employ people just actually that this pandemic has made them view uh, their employees as as family members and they feel extremely responsible for their well-being during this pandemic. And it is refreshing to hear. And so I just thought I'd bring it up because I just wondered if there were a few bad apples in the bunch. Let's talk about Cadillac Fairview. They're pre- prepping for a measured a return to work in the financial district. And I thought it was interesting. They, they're proposing some staggered work hours and the elevators would be limited to four people per trip. They're working on an app to try and book a trip. But I was just, you know, musing to Chris about the length of a smoke break 
is it possible that you know, when we get back to work here and the elevators are limiting the amount of people in them, you're going to be looking at longer trips down the elevator out to take the smoke break. Could smoke breaks actually become a thing of the past? Or is there any way that your your business could say, no, you know, if you can't get it done in 15 minutes, your break's done. What do you think is going to be the workaround there? Yeah, so it's an interesting one because on on the one hand, employers do have the absolute obligation, a legal obligation to make sure that the workplace is safe and healthy, right? So all of those measures like limiting the number of employees in elevators, maintaining social distancing, et cetera, et cetera, those are all things that an employer absolutely has to introduce, right? Otherwise, you're risking reopening up uh, your business. Uh, at the same time, an employer is allowed to, you know, schedule its employees' uh, work hours and dictate how long breaks could be, et cetera, et cetera. So you're right to point out that, you know, for an individual who's taking a smoke break, I, I think an employer is fair to say, you know, listen, I, you know, regardless of the amount of time it takes, you've got to be back to work at your station or, or you know, at your, your place of work within 15 minutes. If that means that you have to wait you know, seven minutes for the elevator, have one minute for your actual break, and then send seven minutes back up, you know, that's going to be the reality of the situation. Hopefully, there are some common sense that will prevail, and employers and employees will be able to work together. But I do think that, you know, an employee in that situation may have a couple of minutes less than they would have otherwise had, uh, had they been able to just kind of kind of go straight down the elevator and, and right outside. So, I think there's going to be sacrifices both on, on the employer's part and the employee's part. And if that means as an employee taking a smoke break that you have a couple of minutes late, uh, less rather, I think so be it. Alex, I want to thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure having you on the program. Thanks for having me, Kelly.